A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Of all forms of media, podcasts are my favorite. I love the fact that there is a wealth of talent online, innovative people producing podcasts that are fascinating, helpful, thoughtful, even provocative. I listen to podcasts more than I watch TV, listen to radio or read. I learn so much from listening to podcasts, whether it's how to tackle a problem or a fascinating way of thinking about something. The only problem is that when I want to go back and listen again, I've often forgotten exactly where I found it. That's why I'm excited to let you know about Sparks, a new podcast app that helps you learn, retain and apply knowledge from your listening. On the Sparks app, you can follow your favourite podcasts, listen to new and past episodes, but also remember what you've heard on them. You just hit a button to capture a thought or an inspiration. Even better, the app then tags the right spot in the podcast episode so that you can easily find the context again. Sparks has just launched in open beta on iOS and are asking avid podcast listeners and early adopters to join them and help shape the future of learning through podcasts. So if this appeals to you, go to sparksapp.io forward slash the parenthood and join the beta now. Hello and welcome to The Parenthood. Much of our time as parents is spent carefully considering what is the best thing to do for our children, whether it's which brand of baby food to give on your holiday, which baby music class to attend, which violin teacher to choose, which pair of trainers to buy. Could it all be simpler? Well, with me today, I've got Dr. Kiara Hunt. She's the co-founder of this podcast, a family GP who believes a fundamental part of our overall health is determined by how fit and strong we are right from the beginning, and that today, children are often much less strong than they should be. Kiara, thank you for joining me today. Um, I think you. this is really interesting. Um, is there evidence that children are less active and less strong than they were, say, a generation or two generations ago? Yes, I mean, I think... Most of us think that probably is the case just because children are outdoors much less, they're much more sedentary in what they do. But actually, there's also quite good clinical evidence that, that children are getting less strong. And I was speaking recently to one of my um, pediatric rheumatology colleagues, these are specialists who deal in sort of muscle disorders in children. And, um, and, and they were saying that objectively, they have found that children are definitely weaker than they were 20 or 30 years ago. Um, and that's because they routinely examine the, the strength and, uh, and uh, um, uh, flexibility and stamina of children when they're assessing them to determine if that is normal or if they have a problem with their muscles. You know, there's lots of muscle problems, muscular dystrophy and things that, that, that are actually serious problems. And so they can test their strength and stamina by doing um, uh, you know, various sort of um, examination techniques and 
he said, uh, this colleague I was speaking to recently was, was saying that uh, normal healthy children's schools are much lower now than they were 30 years ago. And we're obviously, you know, it's not like he just, you know, looked at a few children. This is his job to kind of look at children. He's noticing a, a, a specific trend, is he? Yeah, absolutely. So um, there's, there's a school called the Oxford Manual Muscle Testing Scale, and they test um, uh, 22 different muscle groups. And it, in a study recently that they did, they found that only five of the 22 muscle groups are shown to be the top strength five out of five in healthy, normal children. Whereas 30 years ago, it was it was all of them. Really? You know, which is, and why do you think this dramatic. is? I mean, children, children obviously still run around and they play. Are we that much more sedentary? I think it's difficult. I think I think we are. I think we're all scared of letting our children just go out and play. You know, a generation ago, children just open the door and let them run around. They'd be outside all day. They'd be, you know, climbing, running, playing, kicking footballs. And now, you know, that has to be a supervised activity with an adult present. And that obviously is much less likely to happen, um, especially if you live in the city. And really, the only way of getting outside is is with a with an adult. Mm. Um, so yes, and then of course screens. You know, it's very easy for a child just to sit and be active uh, in their mind by just watching a screen but their body is not being active at all uh, and this is this is not it's not good for children and then presumably we're more reliant on other means of transport you know there are way more buses and trains than there were maybe 50 years ago so you know where children 50 years ago would presumably they would mostly all walk to school there yeah. and back and even if that took 40 minutes that's the way they get to school whereas yeah. nowadays yeah everyone uses either a car or a bus or um, and even in school a generation ago in school there was a lot more exercise than there is now most schools uh, don't have a lot of exercise other than just running around in the playground as part of their routine and they're certainly not judged uh, in terms of their um uh, you know how good they are on how fit and active their children are. i mean i've often thought if if part of the ofsted rating of schools involved um you know how much exercise they get the obesity levels within the school how strong you know a, a marker of you know are, are the majority of children as strong as they should be for their age and that would it would encourage schools to include uh, strength building as part of the curriculum which I and think we talked so about important. how you know life is different you know it isn't as easy to let your children just run around um but do you think part of it is that parents are getting a bit lazier so that's a difficult one isn't it I think yes children, parents are certainly getting busier aren't they you know they we're able to do everything at every at every moment of the day on our smartphones you know we we used to go to the shop to do our supermarket shop now it's you can just order online for sitting on the sofa we you know and, and used to take the children to go and do that so uh, now instead you do that on your phone they sit and play computer games um so possibly and I think also because we're busier as parents we have less time just to go and run around with the with the children or be outside with them we, we we've constantly got something we need to do yeah. and we want to get somewhere fast so we put the we put the three-year-old in the buggy no three-year-old needs to be in a buggy really you know there's all the advice suggests that a child older than two should really be walking everywhere but that doesn't happen fast so um you know so we put them in a buggy and and i'm sure we've all seen children who are probably four or five years old and being pushed around in a buggy and that's mm. Yeah, that's not I remember good when Iona was born and I was considering about whether or not to get a novel buggy. One of the reasons I didn't was because I thought actually Ludo was one and a half and actually he really should be encouraged to walk. So we got the buggy board instead so mm. that he could do that kind of combination because it is so much easier just to chuck him in the buggy, strap mm. him in. You get from A to B without any distraction, mm. but mm. that's obviously not the best thing for your child. Yeah. I mean, I think the other thing that I was reading recently and they said, you know, 50 years ago, there just wasn't that much else to do. So, you know, the little sort of things that probably people find quite boring.
going were amazing. You know, mm. she was saying Monopoly, you know, went on and on and on and no one had a problem with that. Whereas nowadays it's just not instantaneous enough. And I suppose because there was very little to do inside, people you know children really loved being outside well, it was that boring was to thing. be inside yeah. there was nothing to do so you went out you built you built a camp you picked up sticks and did sword fighting with them you know you you just made um made your your fun yourself and that usually involved activity uh, and it just you know it is less so now and does this really matter i mean obviously we see that on this oxford scale that children are getting less strong but mm. what impact is that actually having on their health because they can still run around mm. Yeah, no, it's an interesting question. I think uh, there's very good data that strength and fitness in in uh, ch- in the childhood years um, sets a child up for adulthood in terms of their fitness and their strength. So there's good data that a child that is active and strong aged seven is much more likely to be a, a, a an adult of normal weight with good fitness and strength. Um, okay. So so. Um, that it is without doubt beneficial for our children that they are active from a young age so and there's implications not just on the actual strength and fitness but also on bone health you know preventing diseases at much older age but like osteoporosis it's good for heart health if your heart is active from a young age and and being forced to beat harder when you're exercising that 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 sets it up to be healthier as you get older so should we be having our children tested on this Oxford scale or I mean I look at my children and they seem kind of pretty he- fit and healthy mm. but I don't know how they'd fare on this Oxford scale I mean Ludo ran upstairs yesterday and was like huffing and puffing <laughs> I mean it is quite a lot of stairs but still yeah I think um I don't think we all need to be rushing off now to test our children I think a lot of it can be objectively um uh, you know can be seen objectively but I think if you know you can get you can get your child to do a pull-up and see if they can do that most children aged seven eight should be able to do a pull-up or a push-up or um you know do a, a, a kilometer run um so I think um I think you can you know if your child is active enough um if then if their child who, who refuses to go for a walk because you know they don't even want to do half a kilometre or a kilometre, then that's probably not not great for their strength. So I think everyone listening who has children will understand that there's yet another thing to do, yet another thing to feel guilty about. Um, how can we realistically fit this into our sort of daily routine? I mean, it's, it's I hard. Have this- you know, the, the, the advice is that children should be active for five hours a day. You know, it's a lot of the day, but that doesn't mean they have to be playing football for five hours a day. That just means they have to be active and not sitting in a buggy or not sitting on the sofa playing a computer game. Um, you know, that can just be running around the house. That can be, you know, or playing even just in the playground. Walk- Walking around the house and picking up things and playing with toys. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think a bit more than just sort of moving from one part of Lego, you know, to the next. <laughs> but you know, it, it can be just playing in the playground. So when they're, you know, children in a playground are actually using up a lot of energy. They're, you know, they're climbing. They're, you know, running between the different um, toys in the playground. So, and when you say children, from what age? From what age should they be at? Well, from, yeah. t- from from as soon as they can, you know, walk essentially at, to to in- increasing d- uh, degrees as they get older. But a two year old, you know, who's who can run around should still be active uh, for 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 a fight, you know, at least that amount of time a day, which they are. You know, they, your toddler is always running around, mm. unless you're strapping them in a buggy or putting a, them in front of the TV or computer or computer. Mm. Um, I mean, sports is obviously a really good way to get them active because a lot of them find sports really exciting and mm-hmm. entertaining. Um, so obviously sort of signing up for kind of clubs or mm. even just kicking a football around in the park yeah. is, is a good thing. What if you've got a child that's just not sporty? I, I mean, I've got a child who just doesn't see the point. Yeah. But that doesn't mean he can't do exercise that is classed as sort of vigorous exercise. And 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 again, sort of if you're looking at the professional advice, it's, it's being active, you know, five or six hours 
hours a day, but vigorous exercise for an hour a day. And that could be just just kicking, like I said, you said cooking a football in the park or running around the playground outside or just playing tag with their friends. Um, it doesn't have to be as part of a team sport or forced, forced sporty activity. If they're into, you know, if they're into climbing, often, you know, more solitary sports and um, you can find a, a climbing wall at a local gym or just go to, you know, go to the park and find a tree to help them climb. You know, there's, mm. there's lots of things you can do that will test their, well, well that will improve their strength and stamina by, by just using different muscles. And I suppose too, adults joining in um, in terms of games, when you're sort of dropped off for a football lesson or a tennis lesson, it always feels a bit more formal than mm. if, you know, as a as a parent, you think. I just remember um, we spent Christmas together, obviously, and. Um, do you remember on Christmas Day, we'd all been sort of sitting around all day and we went outside and played British Bulldogs. Yeah, yeah. And the children actually said that was the best part of their, their yeah. Christmas. I mean, yeah, forget all the for presents. Everyone. Uh, but that was a brilliant way of getting them. None of us had any coats on and we were literally racing around for mm. half an hour. Mm. But even something like that, but getting, if we just said to them, go out and play British Bulldogs, they wouldn't have done it because yeah. we went out and we played it with them. Yeah. And actually it was great for us too. Yeah. No, considering I'd eaten 25 just, minutes <laughs> It Just a bit of imagination and enthusiasm on the part of the, of the parents will you know definitely enthuse any child to to get active jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it blue nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And I suppose also leading for exam- by example, mm. um, you know, I, I exercise, you exercise, mm. and often the kids will sort of be curious about what we're doing. Mm. And say, I mean, we've taken the kids on little runs too, and, yeah. and they've loved it. They've yeah. loved that challenge. Yeah. Well, or even just doing you know, strength building exercise at home. Um, you know, they, especially smaller kids, love it. They get involved, they lie on their back, they you know, kick their legs and bicycle, they do little, try to do little push-ups. You know, I think they, they, they think of that as fun. I was talking to a patient the other day who was telling me that, you know, they work both parents work really hard and the only time they have to exercise is the weekend so they go to, to to their gym and they do some classes but their daughter comes with them and and because she's with them at the weekend and she loves it because she she's it's all a bit of a game she you know she joins in a little bit with the classes she's made friends with other people at the gym and for her it's but you know that will be normal um as she grows up adults exercise and that's part of a healthy life so oh, I think, people exercise not just yeah, adults yeah yeah I often go for a run but with the kids on bikes which actually works really well because I run quite long distances which is too much for them um, and probably a bit faster than they would mm. but um that I think that works really really well yeah. yeah but as you said taking um you know people often think that children shouldn't go for runs but um but actually running is really healthy for children you mustn't push it too young um but but you know even a a child over five to do a half a kilometer or a kilometer run um you know on a regular basis is absolutely fine and really good for their health and then you know once they get to about seven or eight 
um, you know, up to five kilometers. Yeah, they could do. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a long, long way, but they're, they're a good, strong, healthy eight, nine-year-old can do that. Well, and also we are, you know, as bipeds born to run. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we, you know, started eating meat and, and you know, predating animals that, yeah. you know. Is, um, I think one thing that's really good too is is that, you know, showing them how they can improve, how the more exercise they do, the stronger they get. So if you're going for a run, if you're going for a bike ride, maybe tracking it. Mm. You know, you can get loads of tracking apps or you can do the Count Your Footsteps apps. But, mm. you know, doing that on the phone, just saying, right, today we did do 8,000 steps. Should we see if we can do 9,000 steps? Mm. Or look, this was our bike ride or our run that we did. Because actually it's so empowering. As you get stronger, you get fitter. And those things mm. that you found really difficult were suddenly so easy. And if you sort of try to foster that sense of pride, they're much more likely to be amenable. I'm not saying get them obsessed about it, no. but but the ones especially that are involved, that are interested in digital technology, and you know that they'll find that more interesting than just going for a run. Uh, and I think a lot of parents are surprised by how fit their children are. You know, if you take your ten year old for a run and you've never done that before, chances are they'll be fitter than you. Yeah, <laughs> um, because because they 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 actually are very active. Most children and they are running around in the as I say, just even in the playground or with their friends. And you know, while you're sweating and puffing away, they're sort of holding a conversation and haven't broken sweat and children also like to be part of the decision making process so I suppose instead of saying right on Sunday we're going to go for a run you could say well what you choose should we do a bike ride should we go for a run and if you're going to say you're going to go for a run or a walk say well will you decide where we're going to go Mm. and I think giving them a degree of autonomy feels like less than they're being told that they have to do it rather Mm -hmm. than you know that makes them feel powerful which children like yeah definitely and I suppose also just, you know, making sure they understand the importance of being fit. And that's not just a sort of one-time conversation, but a kind of continual reminder that actually this is for them, that you're, you're well, wanting to do it. You know, as with everything we see in adulthood, all the fads that come, come and go in terms of uh, health. And what hasn't changed and what will never change is that a healthy diet and regular exercise is good for our health. It's not that much more complicated than that. And instilling, instilling that in children from a very, from a very young age, uh, you know, will, will will hopefully ensure that they are fit and strong adults Mm. as healthy as they can be yeah and it's not actually just physical health it's mental health too there's increasing evidence to show that regular exercise is is as effective as a low course of antidepressants yeah and and, you know similarly for children i mean whenever i'm feeling a bit wobbly or a bit sad or a bit frustrated actually my go-to or even exhausted Mm. i'll go for a run or do some exercise and i invariably come out feeling Mm. better equipped to deal with my day or whatever is bothering me Mm. well and you probably find that with children you know they're getting you know a bit frustrated at home you, you say let's just go out and kick a football in the park and every you know they're, they're straight away you know cheered up not just because they're kicking a football around but because they're running around they're getting their heart pumping they're getting their blood flow to their brain they're using their muscles they're with their family or Mm. and even if you can't go out to the park even just saying let's just skip let's do a hundred skips or I mean there's little things that you can do in the house I mean just looking at what's available you know the sort of hit programs that that people do grown-ups do the high intensity programs Mm. that people do that is just literally 10 minutes or even five minutes a day Mm. challenge them to do a plank yeah, or, or in a, even use technology if you're inside and you can't get out. Use this sort of um, console to play a sports game. Um, you know, that, that you're still potentially being active there. Walking is something we haven't talked about. Is walking a good exercise or is it just too no, slow and pedestrian? No, I mean, I think getting into the habit of walking most places is really, really good for us as adults and, and certainly for our children. It's not the only form of exercise. And if, if, you're, if, that's, if walking is the only exercise your child is doing, that's not going to be enough. Um, but most children, as I said, are doing more vigorous exercise 
even unwittingly in their day. Um, and so sort of adding walking when you would, might otherwise drive or you might otherwise scoot or might otherwise bike is definitely better than your children. I mean, so walking is better than scooting. Water is, walking is better than biking uh, when it's a kind of means of getting from one place to the other because it does require more effort. And but also, running is better than yeah. walking. But I guess it's everything in, you know, you, if you say, if you did walk five hours a day, then that probably yeah, would suffice yeah, in terms of sort of exercise. No, yeah. Because it's, you know, you're using your sort of muscles evenly. Isn't there evidence to show that if you're always scooting with the same leg yeah it's actually so scooting is actually the rheumatologists hate scooters because um because absolutely you, you, most children uh, have a preference to which leg they actually scoot with and which leg they balance with and it can especially children that scoot a lot that can lead to real problems with your sort of alignment um and and muscle strength um being out, out of kilter um so if your child does love scooting it's worth trying to encourage them from a young age to swap legs to be able to scoot with both legs i mean the chance in <laughs> hell i'd well, say you no know, you can definitely do it if they're when they're learning to scoot um you can definitely but once they're sort of once they've developed the habit of how they scoot is much harder because i tried it after you told me that and i went <laughs> crashed <laughs> and i didn't yeah, try it not, again you're not a young child <laughs> <laughs> i had only just learned to scoot though <laughs> I had a question actually on Instagram from um, a mother who loves hiking. They're really big kind of uh, big hiking enthusiasts. They've got young children. And she said, is there anything I can do to get my children more into hiking? Because she says it's just a real shame. They love spending time as a family, but mm. the hiking is something that her her partner and her really, really miss out on doing. Mm. Are there any sort of tricks and how much is appropriate for, yeah. for little children? I think that probably the biggest problem when it comes to um, that sort of situation is that parents who are really into something are usually very used to doing it and used to doing it to quite an extreme level and to expect your children even older children to to like it as much as you do and to want to do it to the extent that you do is probably unrealistic uh, and so my advice there would be you can definitely get there but uh, just keep it in small doses and remember that what you get out of it is not necessarily or almost very likely going to not be what your child gets out of it so you love the exercise you love the 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 being outdoors you love the views you love the burn the, the, the yeah the burn you love the, the the kit that goes with it whatever it is none of that is going to be interesting at all to your child what they'll like is being with you and kind of making it a bit of an adventure uh you know having having little you know snack treats along the way or 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 making up a story as you hike that um you know if they're really little that you're you know you're finding fairies along the way and you maybe hide treasure as you go and they find it and you know that can you know that can do that every mile they go for quite a few miles yeah (laughs) um telling stories along the way singing songs together you know things that you wouldn't do if it was just that you on your own or you and your partner but but um that will make it memorable and exciting for your children I remember when um, my children were little and your children too, and I remember taking them and some other friends, six of them, I think, on a walk because I just really needed to get out of the house. Mm. And, um, you know, it was at the stage where it was like an hour's walk and I thought there's just no way they're going to do it. Anyway, we decided that it was called an adventure walk. Yeah. And I sort of told them the story that actually we'd gone on a spaceship and we'd landed on an unknown planet and we needed to keep an eye out for aliens. And I pretended that the sheep in the fields we were walking through were aliens. We had to duck and crawl so they mm. didn't... Ha- and they were really immersed mm. in this make-believe that it didn't involved anything more than our imagination Mm -hmm. and it became their favorite thing to do like more more exciting than watching tv and now you know they're five years on they still love the concept of the adventure adventure walk walk. absolutely 
And, you know, a lot of people listening might be thinking, oh, my God, you know, I want to go for a hike. I don't want to go crawling and pretending that I'm looking for aliens. That's not my <laughs> idea of fun. But it's sort of short term pain for long term gain, because that the way you if you get them into walking for longer distances that way, then as they get older and they're obviously not going to be that interested in pretend aliens, you know, disguised as sheep, they um, they're going to they're going to be keen to to get what you get out of out of the experience and I suppose it's that engagement isn't it and making it fun because you know I've talked to so many psychologists on on this podcast and everyone just always says you know what your kids want most from you is that you're happy and relaxed so if going for a walk with your kids going to make you happy and relaxed then they're ultimately going to like it Mm. but it's so easy to get stressed Mm. when you're doing your thing your favorite thing and then suddenly these children come along and it takes all the fun because they're not going as fast as you want and there's too much faffing. And, and then if you're kind of getting stressed about it because they've got a stone in their shoe and you're like, oh, for God's sakes, this is just so annoying. Of course, that's going to make it less fun. So I guess if you can sort of make sure that it is fun, if you've persuaded them to go on a walk and you think, right, if we're going on a walk with children, it is going to be slower. There is going to be procrastination. And, you know, if things get stressful just to try not to get, you know, say it starts pouring with rain instead of sort of cursing and saying, Oh, I knew we should have got home quicker. Just sort of think, well, brilliant. Let's do a rain dance. Let's make the most of this rain and kind of keep it so happy. So you can get as wet as possible, yeah. And also remembering that with children, especially with young children, you know, having fixed plans is always going to be a disaster. So always being prepared to change your plans and to abort if you need to abort, you know, even if the aim was to get to the top of the mountain, um, you know, getting a quarter way up without a, a tantrum is, is probably good enough if you can see your child is getting tired or getting grumpy and you can think, well, next time we'll try and do half, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And and making it yeah, making it happy. And I guess also giving making sure they got the right kit. Yeah. You know, they do say there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad kit. But very mm. often us adults, we have, you know, good hiking boots and we've got good waterproof mm. breathables and we've got stuff that we all know that good kit makes doing stuff a lot mm. easier. But because kids grow, we sort of buy them the rubbish stuff, which I get, you know, we do it because they grow out of things so quickly. Mm. But we also then have to understand that it's going to be less easy for them yeah. if they haven't got the kit that's as good well, as and ours. And if you're a family that does, for example, like our question um, um, on, on Instagram, I think clearly if you're a family that loves hiking, well, then do invest in good hiking boots for your kids. And, you know, even if you are going to buy, are going to have to buy them every year, because if that's something you're going to be doing every weekend then it's worth it. And actually, you can get so much secondhand stuff online. Yeah. If you look on eBay, you can get yeah. you know, basically brand new hiking boots mm. for half the price. Mm. Um, and especially if you get in touch with other families that maybe have similar age, age children. I mean, no one likes chucking stuff away, but, you know, adult h- hiking boots come up less because people don't grow out of them, mm. whereas children's ones do. Mm. Mm. Um, I was reading um, an article uh, by uh, someone who who's a sort of mountaineer, loves hiking, and he said, you know, for him his he he started his children as young as possible because actually they just want to be with you at the beginning and even if you're having to carry them you put them in you get those great sort of backpacks where you can take them up um because he says so quickly they just don't even want to be with you and then you've totally lost control so he said literally hike with them from the moment you possibly can carry them until the moment they just simply can't be with you because they don't want to be with you anymore but that's probably the best way to sort of instill and there's always a bit of you know, complaining. But I remember you saying you've got a good friend and whenever you go and stay with them down in, in, in Sussex, 
they they're really good walkers you mm. always say they always have such fun walking yeah and they've walked from when the children were little and it's part of their day and it's, it's always been completely non-negotiable and that is what they do they've got dogs and they've they've got this wonderful you know countryside around them and and yeah all the children are great walkers and but even if you haven't started that way you it, it's not like you've lost it you know you you, you can um, instill in your children a love of walking, a love of the outdoors, love of exercise. Um, it's just about persistence and making it fun. Mm. The um, you know, and you can even if you think, okay, let's do a scavenger hunt mm. along the way, mm. and we'll take pictures of everything we find, or let's do a little movie mm. along the way. Um, something to there's always something else. Well, you know, a walk is not just the footsteps. A walk is the thinking, the observing, the talking time. Mm. You know, walking and talking is a great way to talk. Well, with older children, exactly. In that, you may find your best conversations with your children when you're walking. Um, but it's it's the, the struggle with walking is not the sort of seven, eight, nine year olds. The struggle with walking is the three, four, five year olds. Um, well, sometimes it's the seven, eight, nine year olds. Yes. Do you remember when we were in Austria? I just remember that so well. We did a long walk, and then Ivy fell and hurt her ankle, and she was sort of whinging and it hurt it hurt and then we basically decided to play the game where we had to name all the countries with a b c d mm. and she loved that mm. and of course within two minutes she'd forgotten about her ankle and was merrily sort of thinking what c is a, is a country you know mm. thinking about canada mm. um and it was it was a really good you know it was really it was really powerful the power of distraction mm. um and and for you you might just want to sit and admire the view and admire the silence that's not going to to do it for them mm. so just some kind of distraction and mm. then you know also saying when you've got to the end wow well done guys that's su such a great thing mm. to do um well, thank you very much, Chiara. This is um, really, really, really um, insightful. For people taking away from this the importance of sort of building up strength in their children, would you just start out with with just general lifestyle changes so walking to school? If you've got, yeah, if you've got little children who are just starting to walk and just then I would say the most important thing is just go out without the buggy because um, that's really starting or that. Get rid of the buggy. Yeah. Well, sometimes you need the buggy. You know, there's, there are times when you need it. So I think getting rid of it is probably a bit a step too far. But but just, you know, a lot of people wouldn't even consider leaving the house without the buggy. Um, and uh, and I think that's probably where I'd start. And then um, and then just changing simple things in your in your routine. Like, uh, as you say, like walking to school. If you normally scoot, um, scoot twice a week and walk the rest of the time. Or again, if they always, some children always bike everywhere, but actually then walking is also important. If you've got older children, start thinking about fun ways you can exercise together, you know, going for, going for a little run or doing some exercises together, but make it a game, make it fun, make them proud, get them involved. Yeah, because the last thing you want to do is put them off exercise. Yeah, yeah. Kiara, thank you very, very much. Um, thank all. you all for downloading another episode of The Parenthood. You can subscribe, rate and review us wherever you've downloaded this podcast. It actually really does help other people find us. So if you do have a moment to do that, we'd be massively grateful. You can also follow me on Instagram. I'm at marina.fogel. But in the meantime, from Kiara and me, thanks for listening and goodbye. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.